0: I knew you were in town I would call you but the Lord didn't put in my heart brother t- right. <laughs> I would have called you believe me well if you could turn to First Kings chapter 15 First Kings chapter 15 let's look what the Lord has for us tonight here in the message tonight the the title of the message is why did I do it why did I do it let's look at verse 9 and the Bible says uh 1st Kings 15 9 it says and in the 20th year of Jeroboam king of Israel reigned Asa is that Asa the name Asa, Asa Asa over over Judah uh you know that little A right there. Uh, sometimes I confuse the A, E, because Portuguese is A, <laughs> Asa, uh, over Judah. And forty and one years reigned E in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Ma'aka. That's a Hebrew one, huh? Ma'aka. The daughter of Abishalom. Abishalom. I'm going to learn Hebrew. <laughs> Abishalom. Brother Tom, I'm not looking at you anymore. I want to look at him from now on. He's the expert right there. Abishalom Mahaka. Whatever And Asa did that which was listen to this. And Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as he as did his father, as David, his father. Let's pray heavily. Father, thank you, Lord, for the legacy and testimony of a man that the Bible describes that he did right in your own eyes. And Lord, how wonderful it is even to know that one day, Lord, we too are going to leave a legacy behind us, maybe a legacy like this that we left, that we did walk in your ways, Lord. I just pray, Father, give us something tonight we can take home, we can apply to our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So tonight we will continue our study in the book of, of course, 1 Kings chapter 15. So if you noticed, there are four kings mentioned in this passage. So last Wednesday, we looked at King Abijah, and tonight we are looking at King Asa. So now some people like to categorize Asa as a king who have backslidden from the Lord. Now, what is backslidden anyway? Well, it goes like this. He was a man who loved the Lord, no doubt. If you you read about this king, he loved the Lord. But there's one thing that we have to understand about us as people. When we look at a story in the Bible, you have to keep in mind, there was real people who lived at one time. They had feelings, emotions, they, they have problems of life just like me and you. All right? So, and then they made mistakes just like you and I do. Don't you make mistakes that you regret? Well, all of us do. If I could go back with another little eraser and go erase all the mistakes I did, I'll be one of them. I think there'll be a multitude of people behind me doing the same thing. Because we did. We can't go back and try to fix things that we did. It's done. We can't learn from it. But there's one thing about this guy here he is totally, he loves the Lord, no doubt. But it was a lapse in his life. But in the end, the Lord says that he loved him. He walked in the way of his father. So it was something we can learn from the, from this man here tonight. I think we can. Quite a few things. So so what is backslidden anyway? Well, in the, in the Baptist background or in the Baptist history, this is what's backslidden. Okay, this is how people call backslidden. The person sits in the front zeal for the lord the following month is in the second seat then uh, then a little more he moves to the next seat and before you know when they they get to the last seat in the church you already actually have to go after them because they're about to leave that's backslidden that's in in the baptist (laughs) i heard preachers many times that's what the, the way they preach all right so so it's backslidden anyway so The word backslidden in a Christian context implies movement away from Christ rather than towards Christ. Follow that? That's what it is. It's like, you know, I know the Lord, I love Him, but slowly my heart is growing away from Him. Okay? A backslidden is someone who is going to the wrong way spiritually. He is regressing rather than progressing. So the backslidden at, 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 uh had at one time demonstrated a commitment to Christ or maintaining a certain standard of behavior, but he uh, has sense that reversed to old ways or got cooled about it, and no longer go to church, don't longer read his Bible, don't longer live for the Lord. He lives for himself, for the world, and is a backslidden Christian. Because if you talk with those kind of people, they would outright give you a testimony that they're saved. But they don't go to church. They don't, they don't sing the songs of Zion. They're missing out. And it will give you a good excuse why they don't go to church and why they don't do this and why they don't do that. I talk with many people like that through the years. So many people, Christian people, outright, I know they're saved. They give you that testimony. And, yeah, and they tell you why I don't go to church. Why I don't go to church. You know, I tell them, you're missing out. You're missing out. Now if you were a Christian tonight. I'm looking at the cameras in the other side. If you're a Christian tonight. And you backslidden from the Lord. Let me tell you this. You are missing out on God's best. God loves you. He wants to bless you. But you're missing out on God's best. So. Where was I over here? <coughs> so now picking up. Picking back up in our study of kings of the kings, at the present time, we have two kings, two kingdoms two kingdoms dwelling at the same time. We have the northern kingdom, and we have the southern kingdom. They're split apart here, and of course, Abijah was a fortune a fortune king. they recall wasn't a whole a lot about them about about this guy, but anyway, he was not a good king. But at, at this point, the Bajah has, has died, and now, uh, and now, uh, this time, the, his son is uh, taking the throne. The sixth king of the southern kingdom is Judah, is Asa. Interesting. We say like father, like son, but this case right here is not like father, like son. Maybe it's like father, like like son, like great grandpa, because his father was not a good example of a godly man. But this guy Asa right here. No doubt he loved God. Now, therefore, we, we dive in our study tonight. Asa, I want us to embark on a little memory exercise here, okay? I just want to ask you to travel back in your mind to days in your past. What day would you consider to be your signature there as a Christian? A day what you are, <coughs> I would say, on your spirit high. What day you call on your mind that was your spirit high. You were with the Lord. You were there. You remember days like that one day or some days like that. Maybe it was a day of great obedience to him. Maybe it was a day of great seeking. Or a day of great submission. Or a day of great sacrifice. Maybe it was a day on which you said Lord I'm singing songs of Zion all day long. Because I just love you Lord. One of those days you know. Don't you sometimes wake up in the morning? The only thing you want to do is sing. <laughs> you find yourself singing all day. I had one time a few, uh, one time of a, a few good times, and I'm uh, at work, and I have some people saying, "Hey, it's not church day." I sing even more. That's a motivation. <laughs> now pur- I'm not trying to purposely be mean to them. It just motivates you. So, because tonight we are going to see a king who had not just one but several big days in the past. On many days, Asa was a follower of God like no other. This this is a man that, no doubt, as you look at this guy, he loved God. So tonight I want us to look at Asa, okay? What it means to live with your best days still in front of you and not behind you. Some Christians like to say, I used to do this. I used to do that for God. Praise the Lord you did it. But what you're doing today is where it counts. Not what you're doing tomorrow because you're not there yet. What you're doing today. God wants your heart today, not yesterday. You follow that? God don't want your heart yesterday. Yesterday is gone. God wants your heart today. And tomorrow morning when you wake up, God wants your heart tomorrow morning. That's what God wants. You see, if we're going to take God seriously for who he is, And I hope we do all together here, because he's the God of today, because he wants us to obey him today. So, let's look at this guy Asa from several points here tonight. Number one, his devotion towards the Lord. As a comment with the listener of the kings, the writer begins with an overall evaluation of the life of Asa the writer of 1 Kings revealed to us about Asa's relationship with the Lord. Look what it says in verse 11. And Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. Now, don't come to me and say this is <coughs> a mistake here, because David was not really his father. It was his great great grandfather. You know? But the Bible wants to relate to David who he was and this kid who he is. So, we are dealing with a good king here, folks. Asa was a saved man. He truly loved God and he genuinely desired to serve His God. Now, like David, like David Asa was not immune to bad decisions. But when he, uh, 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 the final judgment is passed, it is important to note that he passed the test. In all in all, Asa was a good king. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, or in the eyes of the Lord. So in the context of the king, that means that, that Asa did not worship other gods, this echo back to Second Chronicles, but let me tell you, he was not a guy to go worship other gods, there's no way this man did that. This man loved God. You know, we need to be careful, we don't put other gods in our hearts, or idols in our hearts in this case. So, but as father did, Interesting, because he, he saw all the t- stuff that his father did, but he did not to. <coughs> I'm sorry. As you can see, I mean, actually, there's a couple of verses right here. Look at, uh, I read to you in Second uh, Chronicles 14.1, it says, And Abijah slept with his father, and then buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. In the days the land was quiet. Ten years, and they said, "Day that which was right and right in the eyes of the Lord." Look what it says: "Is God, for He took the altars of the strange gods in the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord, God of their fathers, and to do the law of the commandments." Also, took away. Uh. Out of the cities of Judah, the high places in the images and the kingdom was quiet before him. So no doubt this man loved God, and he told the people of Israel, he told them, We're going to neither worship the God, the God of our fathers. Not these idols that you guys are doing. You know what? Praise the Lord for people like that. We live in a day and age today. I called Brother Falk, and I said to him, Brother Falk, you might Lord, I don't know if you can hear me or not, if you can understand me or not. He said, but I've been very burdened with this. Brother Falk, I know you were about to go to service, but I got to say this. Why our young people are leaving our churches? Is this happening where you are? He says, yes. Our young people have found find the finding other gods besides the God of the Bible they're finding the God of social media and the God of entertainment the God of movies and the God of and he goes on and on I was like wow I didn't see it that way but you know what it's true be careful that we don't put idols in your heart I don't have idols yes Anything between you and God is an idol. And our young people. We say we love God, but we don't commute with God. And we're losing our, <clears throat> our young people. As you can see from verses, verse 14, uh, chapter 14 here in 2nd uh, in Second Chron- Second Chronicles, we can see that Asa, he believed in one God, he believed that only Jehovah God would should be worshipped alone. He was not given to plural, plural, uh, pluralism in the least. In fact, he actually made it a command to seek God and God only. No more idols, no more foreign deities. Asa was wholly devoted to God. <clears throat> Let me put it this way. May we be known as Christians, as people who love the Lord, as people who worship the Lord, in truth, may we not be contaminated by the things of this world. And, the, and folks, folks, let me tell you this. There's a lot of opinions and bad doctrine going on in our world today. If you don't be careful, let me tell you this. Let me, let me put it this way. Let me, let me beg you. Be careful with YouTube. Be careful with the videos that you're watching. If you want to watch it, put a Bible next to you. And when they put the video up, open your Bible in that passage and read it. Then you can see how wrong they are. Listen, I'm, I'm saying this because I love you. I see the same programs. I see the same nonsense. You know what they're doing? They will put your mind upside down. Listen, stay close to your God. Love Him. Read His Word, the Bible. That's what you need. Because there's a lot of wrong teachings out there. People that don't know you, don't know you exist, but they will put that stuff out there and put your mind upside down and put your life upside down. Believe me, I've seen it happen before. And it cuts your heart if it's someone that close to you that you love that goes that way. So, what we see Asa do right here, that immorality was removed. Look at verse 12. And he took away the Saddamites. Out of the land. Oh goodness, I'm thinking about a message that is now good for today. Look what it says there, verse 12 of 1 Kings 15. And he took away the sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his fathers had made. And look, it says, and also, brother, what's the name of the lady again? Yeah, verse 15, 13 in Hebrew, you know better than oh, me. Ma'aka, <laughs> his mother. Even her, he removed from being queen. So this man was serious with God. He said, Mom, you're not doing right. you getting idols too. Step down. Wow. His own mother. So this guy literally cleaned house. That's what he did. He loved God and said, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. We're going to clean the house. Folks, this is when this is supposed to be Bible study. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Listen, this guy Asa, maybe we, we, should have like, we should be Christians like that, dynamic like this. So he's definitely, he's definitely a man of conviction. He was a man who had great zeal, determination to serve as God. He does on a rampage to clean up Israel and all the wrongs that was in the in land of Israel. Let me put it this way. Israel was in Egypt for 400 years. They left Egypt, but Egypt never left their hearts the idol worship that was in Egypt went with them to the promised land. And when I, they got there, the land the people that live around them with, with there were a whole bunch of idolaters there didn't help either. So they had the tendency to go back to the same thing they came from. You know, we have to be careful too because we Christians, we have uh, our things that we did before we got saved, especially those of us who are older, that we don't go back to the same thing where we came from. You have to be careful with that. So he cleaned the land. This guy, this guy was going at it. So get, get this folks. This guy removed his mother from being queen. Uh, it's one thing to claim to love God. Let me put it this way. But another thing to put, put the love that we claim into practice and action every day. Asa walked with the Lord was a serious walk. No doubt many today would call this man a, a fanatic, A lunatic. This guy is a devoted guy to God. You know what? Let the world talk. What matters is what God says. And we see what God says about this man. But look what Jesus said in Matthew. He that loveth his mother or father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. So let the world call me a lunatic or close mind, whatever they want to call. You know what? As long as my father approves me, I'm fine, I'm good. I'm good. Jesus here was referring to people like Asa, even his own mother could not get away with idolatry. Why was this man so committed? Why? It was his love for God. He loved the Lord. He loved God. Let it be. We see his mistake was made. A mistake was made. Now, there was, We see this in verse 14. Now, one one thing did that happened here in his arm and there was something uh, Asa didn't do right. Look at verse 15. Verse 14, I'm sorry. But the high places were not removed. First Kings 14. It is not that Asa worshiped them. In fact, he had already removed their priests. The problem is that he didn't destroy the site, and it would prove to be a nagging temptation to future generations. You see, many people are easily persuaded by the things they see, and now destroying the high places. It was definitely a site of temptation for many of the children of Israel to return back to what? Idolatry. But then, look what it says. But despite this one mistake, the Bible says these words about King Asa. Look at the rest of verse 14. Nevertheless, important word, Asa's heart was perfect with the Lord all of his days. He he did something, but his heart was in perfect condition with the Lord. He didn't mean to be a stumbling block or hurt anybody the people is the one who took advantage years later to go back to the same thing see the point is here is that through ace's life he never turned to worship any god a devoted servant never serves another master follow that a devoted servant never serves another master Number one, you see his devotion towards the Lord. Number two, his revived form of worship. Look at verse 15. It says, and he brought in, in the things which his father has dedicated, the, in the things which himself had dedicated into the house of the Lord, silver and gold and vessels." So you see, people many times are easily persuaded. The children of Israel were easily persuaded by the previous kings to worship idols, to worship the gods of the land, they put aside the Jehovah God of Israel and brought thou out of the land of Egypt, I'm sorry. That brought them out of the land of Egypt, I'm sorry, the land of slavery. They were guilty of idolatry. A sin that what? God hates. God hates idolatry. But I don't worship statues. All right. What is between you and your God today is an idol. And God says, take it away. Take it down. It amazes me. I saw, I, okay. Some people worship sports, some people spend more time on social media than they spend on their Bible. It's true. Is anything wrong with those things? No, everything in the right place, everything in the right place, so its right form of worship right here. Asa got rid of many things, so God, God's people could go back to God of Israel. Verse twelve says, and he took away the Sodomites out of the land and removed the others out of his father, and made, well, I'm not going to expound on this. But that's not a popular preaching today because somebody might get offended. Well, guess what? God put it in his word. God doesn't hate the people, hate their sin. You follow that? God doesn't hate people because God is the creator. He created them. He hates their sin. The Bible says it's an abomination to God. And King Jesus said, I don't want you here. Get out of my land. Go practice this somewhere else. Asa brought peace with a zeal to the Lord. 2 Chronicles 15, 19 says, And there was no more war unto five and thirty years of the reign of Asa. So we see this man right here. It was a man that revived worship. The children of Israel ran to idolatry. They abandoned the God of Israel. Totally. They went to idolatry. And he said, we need to come back to the God of Israel. I don't get this. Why in the world am I going to leave a living God to go worship some statue right here? That doesn't talk to me. That is a commute to me. People do it all the time. So Asa had some good in his days, days of conviction and days of great zeal, commitment, and love for the Lord. He removed immorality from the land. He emphasized new worship in the land, not new, the right worship in the land. He wanted the people to grasp what it is to worship the living God. Folks, I want to put it this way. Grasp this with me. Try to grasp this. The more you see people dying, and the older you get, Okay, and you see the despair of those who don't know the Lord. Do you see the reality of life? People live like, you know, I live today, die tomorrow. But when somebody around them die, you see the despair in their eyes because there's no hope. Why are we playing with the things of God? Why don't we take God for what it is serious? And say, Lord, I'm here for a time and I'm going to serve you this time. I'm going to serve you, Lord, with every ounce of energy I have. Whenever I go, I'll bring your name with me. So, number three. We see his poor decision. We know this man has committed was committed to the Lord. There was no doubt that he loved the Lord. But we must keep in mind that none of us is perfect. All right? We have a sinful for nature. And we sometimes don't do things the right way. And praise the Lord for his forgiveness. When we go to him and say, Lord, I failed. I did this and this. Lord, forgive me. And praise the Lord that his mercies are new every morning. Love that verse. And Asa just demonstrates here in this passage here that he was not perfect. He was a sinner just like me and you. And as sinners, we make mistakes. Asa was a man whose heart was totally devoted to God. We know that. He did so many things for the Lord, for his people. He cleaned the land. He got the people to go back to worship Jehovah. Asa was not perfect like you and I were not perfect. He was a sinner, like I said. Get this. Like Asa, we all have the potential to fail. All of us. Never think that you arrived. We didn't arrive. We all have the potential to fail, to do wrong, say the wrong words, have the wrong actions. We have the potential for that. Keep in mind that even committed men and women mess up too from time to time. And that's precisely what we're going to see here with Asim. Letter A, look, we see the downfall. The downfall. Look at verse 16, it says, kind of go between these verses right here, it says, and there was war between Asa and Bashar, king of Israel, all their days. And you see, look at verse uh, verse 17, it says, and the king Bashar, I think, king of Israel, went up against Judah and rebuilt Ramah, that he might not suffer any to go out or come in into Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa took all the silver and all the gold that were left in the treasure house of the Lord. That's a mistake right here. Mm-hmm. What he did right there. Um, and the treasures of the king's house and delivered them into the hands of his servants. Mm-hmm. And King Asa sent them to Benedad, I believe, I believe, and go back a little, go down a little bit. Uh, that dwell in Damascus, saying, "There is a league between me and thee." and between my father and thy father. Behold, I have sent unto thee a present of silver and gold. Come and break thy league with Bashar, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. See what's going on here? There was a conflict between the two kings. And Bashar takes the treasure, I mean, Asa takes the treasures out of the house of the Lord and try to get to appease another king from another place to help him fight this other king. What are we missing here? Let me tell you something. Sometimes you make a decision. Okay? You make a decision. And and the thing comes to you like a couple days later like goes right through your spine. Especially If you're not at ease with the decision or if you're struggling or if you think you made a mistake and somebody's going to say to you, did you pray about this? And you know you did not pray. You did not seek the Lord's face. And you know you already made a mistake because if we seek the Lord's face, I believe the Lord will give us peace about our decisions. You know the problems? A lot of times we get into some problems in our lives. We don't pray. We make whatever our head tells us to do. We are driven by emotions. We do it. And we don't think about the consequences, but we don't think about God either. We don't pray. That's the downfall right here. He does all this stuff. He he he's a man that loves God, no doubt. He loves the Lord. He cleaned the land. He wants the people to worship the Lord. But he does right here, he doesn't go to God and pray about the situation. Could God remove that king away from him? Yes, he could. God did it many times. Can God defeat your enemies? Yep. Yes, he can. Can God move the mountains away from your life? Yes, he can. Can you God help you in the midst of your trouble? Yes, he can. You know the problem? We don't pray. And when we don't pray, hmm, we have the consequences to reap. I'm going to tell you this way. And some of you know this, and this is like an old news, broken racket, but I'm going to say it. I would love to buy myself a truck, (laughs) a Silverado Black, you know, I just love the thing. I'm, every time I see one, my heart, bleh. But you know what? I'm praying and God says no. And I'm praying and God says no. So I don't buy it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm honest with you. I want to just get out of here and go to the dealership and get one. He said, go get one. God said no. So I'm not going to get it. When he says yes, I'll go. Maybe when I get old, like maybe 90 or whatever. <laughs> but you know, here's the problem right here. We see this guy right here. We're going to go down. This guy doesn't pray, doesn't go to the Lord. What happened to him here? That's right. He saw more value in another king than he saw in his heavenly king. No doubt that you uh, wanted to get rid of that other king. The Bible says that Bashar fortified a town called Ramah and used it It means to squeeze Asa, no doubt. But Asa made a mistake here. Asa didn't seek God. Asa sought ahead. He offered him God's treasure in return for help uh, help against Israel scripture doesn't tell us why he did it we don't know if he got deceived with bad counseling we don't know if he if he doubted god would uh that uh, what doubted that god would come in his aid to his aid we don't know if he just didn't think about it what we know is that that he went and asked somebody we don't know if he prayed or not we don't know But well, we know something here. Look what it says in Psalm chapter 20 verse 7. Some boast in chariots and some in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. And Psalm 118 verse 8 says, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. So God expects us to trust Him in Him alone. Listen, there's not a problem in your life that God cannot fix it. You say, well, because you don't know my problems. No, but God knows. Listen. If you pray and you make a decision, knowing that God allows you to do that, and you say, I am struggling with that. Even that struggle is better to do the decision without God because that struggle is going to be worse. Right, Pastor? Yes. Better be political gain. At first, let's let me show you that this can this wish was granted here, but uh it says Benadab hearted unto King Asa and then the captains of the host which he had against the city of Israel. And and it says right here what they did. But the thing is, from a political perspective, it appears that Asa made a good decision here. No. The people looking at this king are going to say like this. Wow, that was a good decision, king. If you want God aid, you did good. From a spiritual perspective, it was very poor decision. Class, what should we do before we make a decision? As a child of God, what should we do before we make a decision? Pray about it. Pray about it. Take it to the throne of grace. But I don't want because God takes too long to answer. Good. Sometimes that's what we need. You know, we live in a world right now. Here now. I want it now. Fast food food, restaurants, right? I want it now. Sometimes we go to the the, the restaurant. We don't even care how they cook the food. Give me the food. Because I'm hungry. Hungry. Listen. Before you make a decision... Give it to the Lord. And is the key. Wait on the Lord. Asa didn't even bother to go to the Lord. He just went through do his things. I tell you, folks, it is better to go to the Lord and pray and ask him the desires of our hearts and weigh on him than do things our ways. I'm saying this because I do the same thing. I go to the Lord and pray. I'm not trying to boast here. I go to the Lord, but we should go to the Lord and ask Him the desires of our heart. We have to. Otherwise, we're going to make many mistakes. And in the end, guess who reaps the consequences? You are. I am. So you get up in the morning, you get up at noontime, you sleep until God knows whatever, whatever. Whenever time you get up in the morning, whatever time you get up, give that day to the Lord. Before you go at anything, give that day to God. Pray, ask the Lord, Lord, this is a long day. I don't know what's going to happen. Guide me. Guide these eyes of mine, these hands of mine, these feet of mine. Lord, take care of me. Because I cannot take care of myself. Like I said, from a political gain, this was a good decision that Asa made. But from a spiritual sense, it was very dangerous. He made God angry. We see this in Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 7 to 10. Asa didn't make a good decision. All he really accomplished with was was uh, um, was getting a, 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 a reap consequences later. I'm sorry. So, here we see here. Number four, we see is prob- problematic, problematic disease. Now, at least two verses just sound like a necessary closing to the life of Asa. Here, look at verse twenty three and verse twenty four. So the rest of the acts of Asa and all that is might and all that he did and the cities which he built are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah. Nevertheless, in the time of his old age, he was diseased at his feet and Asa slept with his father and was buried with his father in the city of David, his father, and Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his stead. So, However, you will notice that the the writer adds just one little tidbit of information of aces right here in the end. I always find little tidbits, statements like that fascinating in Scripture because you know there is a whole story behind these little statements. And now we see why the writer of Kings mentioned this illness right here. He mentioned it because it gives evidence of the stubbornness of in his last days. Why in the world do we have people that have so much zeal for God and in the end of their days they walk away from God? You know how many older Christians I heard with my ears oh I used to do this I used to do that in the old days brother what are you doing now? What are you doing now? For God you're just totally on vacation retirement is that what it is so go to get this even when as sickness sick even when sickness hit Ace did now allow it to drive him closer to God. Instead, Asa continued to seek forward salvation in man. It started with the king and now goes to his illness. What happened to Asa? What happened to that man that was totally dedicated to God? So there is no doubt that Asa ended on a decline. We look at Asa as a, I don't want to say this, but a backslidden king, so to speak, he was the king whose best days was behind him, not before him. He was the king who lived on his past obedience. He was backslidden. Asin was wholly devoted, but listen to this, on the committed. He was wholly devoted in the sense that he would not have dreamed about worshiping another god. He was on committed in the sense that he, he wasn't even committed to the, to the god that he claimed to worship. Does that mean that this man didn't love God? He loved God. But let me tell you. Let me put it like this. So, you're a Christian. All right? You're a child of God. You believe that God does miracles, right? You believe that, right? You go to the doctor. And you begin to believe the doctor is going to do a miracle for you. You know what God can do for you? He can use that doctor and give him wisdom and discernment to give you the right treatments so you can be cured of your disease. But never put the doctor in the place of God. You follow that? He's not God. Actually, many doctors make many mistakes. And a lot of times they give you what they have. What about when if you go to the doctor and the doctor says to you, I'm sorry, but there's nothing I can do for you. That's a different story now, isn't it? My oncologist said this to me. Because I'm very intrigued of asking questions, speculating. He looked at me and he said, I'm doing what I can, I'm not God. He said that to me. I look at him, I said, I will never put you in the place of God. I would never put you there. I don't know why he was thinking that way. But I was drilling him with so many questions. Because, listen, I study so much about my disease because when I asked him that question, I already knew that's the answer. I didn't need him to tell me. But he he, he knew that I knew it. And he, I, one time he told me, you're pretty smart. I said, I'm just studying what I have. And he said, he said, I'm not God. I said, I know you're not God. Never put you there. But be careful that we don't, put our our total trust in people like that and we forget who the God that we worship is. You follow that? Why in the world Asa went to those doctors and he never consulted his God? He's the one who's the giver of life and prolongs life. So he was wholly devoted in a sense that he would not have dreamed about worshiping other gods. He was the committed like I said, in the sense that he wasn't even committed to the God that he claimed to worship. Does that mean that he even believed God? No, he believed. Asa was a believer. He just wasn't a very good one at the time. Asa was a, a man who, who would never even think about worshiping a foreign God. He just didn't worship the true God as much as he should have. I wonder how many Christians fall in this category. They would never even consider entering a mosque or a Buddhist temple or a Hindu shrine. They believe that there's only one God and Jesus is his name. They just aren't committed as they should be for the cause of Christ. You know what God wants us to do is to have total devotion from us. That's the Bible. He wants us to be totally committed to Him and live for Him, like He's here, which He is. They, really, they rely on the world for their provision, many Christians, and protection. They rely on the world for their security. They seek the world to solve their problems. They did so much. Good in the past, but today they're not committed anymore. This is the whole devoted, but they be, I mean, it is to be wholly devoted, but on the commitment is not what you did yesterday is what you're doing today. God wants your heart today. That's what God wants. A heart that is totally devoted to him today. There's one man that said this I never forgot. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow I'm not there yet. I must live today. It's the truth. You see, when we talk about having a relationship with God, we must understand a very uh, important aspect of that. You ready for this? Let me repeat this. When we walk When we talk about having a relationship with God, we must understand a very important aspect of a relationship. What is a relationship? What's a relationship? What's relationships about? Relationships are all about the present, not the past. You follow that? Relationships is about now, today, the present. God wants a relationship with you today, not yesterday, today. God, but I did this for you and for you and for you to- yesterday. And God says, thank you, child. I know you did it. What about today? God is not literally as concerned about how you love him in the past as he is about how you love him today. Oh, I loved God. You on social media? Do you love God today? Today, this moment, do you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul? So, what are you doing outside God's house? When is the last time you read your Bible? Did you read your Bible today? Did you pray to your God, to the God of heaven, today? Did you ask Him to, for help today? You see, He's the God of today. See, God will forgive our past. God will protect our future. God wants your todays. Look at what it means to have a relationship with God today. Go to Psalm 95. Let's look at Psalm 95. Look what it says about, look what the psalmist says about having a relationship with God today and live for him today. Great psalm. Look the way he puts it. I want you to see it. At home, if you have a Bible, open your Bible and Psalm 95. Before we close, look what it says there. Are you there? Psalm 95? Look what it says. "O oh, come and let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise unto the rock of our salvation. Folks, this verse is written in the present tense. Got it? That means today. Look, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto, uh, unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. You see, we can read the rest of the psalm and see that it's about today. Asa forgot today. He had yesterday, he forgot today we usually rejoice we usually do rejoice in all that god have done in the past and i do and i'm grateful i can honestly say that the lord has been good to me in the past i think that all of us can can learn something from the life of vasa here maybe we don't get uh we uh <clears throat> maybe don't get better at, at uh, i'm sorry <coughs> not God better at god for something that happened you know uh you're not getting a good relationship with God because of something that happened in the past in your life. But let me tell you, we worship a good God, a loving God, a merciful God. The Bible says that Asa, in his, with his illness, he didn't check on God. He checked with the doctors, with men again. You say, Pastor, you say it's wrong to go to the doctor. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But as Christians, we should pray. Lord, my life is in your hands. Mm-hmm. If you take me home, you take me home. But guide me to the right physician so they can take care of me. Mm-hmm. I remember a young lady that died in our church. What's her name? Died of leukemia. Tracy, Tr- Tracy right? Tracy. Tracy. I asked one time, Tracy, how you doing? She said, my, my life is in his hands. If he wants to take me home, he take me home. If he wants to cure me, he will send me to the right doctor. She's home with the Lord. What a day do you consider to be your best signature day as a Christian? Listen. No doubt that Asa loved the Lord. No doubt. He was a man that loved God. But he made some mistakes. You say, Pastor, what can I learn from this? Learn from the mistakes of Asa. Pray before you make a decision. Pray. Consult with the Lord. Lord, is this the right thing I'm doing? Lord, open His Word and search for answers. All the answers of life is there in God's Word. Don't use the Bible like this. I did my devotion. And you're done for the day. What did you learn from the devotion? Nothing. Teach me, Lord, as I read your word so I can be a better person. Teach me, Lord, so I can be a better child. Teach me, Lord, so I can make a difference as I read your word. I want to learn from you. See, there's a relationship between father-child here. If you do that, God is going to transform you. He's going to create a zeal in you that you don't even think exists. Teach me, Lord. Lord, I love your word. As the psalmist said, it more than honey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for the life of Asa, Lord. He just proved, Lord, that he was a man, just like we are, made mistakes like we do. But thank you, Lord, that we have a refuge, our God, on which we can go in times of trouble. And we even, even when we make mistakes, Lord, help us, Lord, to consult you. In every decision of life that we pray, we talk to you, Lord, so we can have a yes from you. Go, child, go do it. So that we don't do it on our own and, and regret later. Pray, Father, for each person here tonight, Lord, bless him, help him, guide them in a very special way, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm supposed to be teaching